0: Amen. You know, even as even as the children are, are just being dismissed, can we just can we just kind of enter? I know, I know, we've done a lot already. You've you've you 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 know, we've we've seen a lot, a lot, of, a lot has happened. But I, I believe that there's. Can we just kind of pray for a moment? Can we just stand for one quick moment before you before you seated? And I just I just really believe that God just want to kind of wants to just flow through this place. I'm just believing for miracles right now. Can we just can we just agree together? Can we just pray together that there's there's healing? There's healing coming through this place that there's, there's healing in, 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 in people's bodies, there's healing in some of our souls, there's healing in some of our, our hearts and our minds. Can we just ask God to just, just, just pray for for a minute or two. Let's just pray and just ask God to, to flow through this place, God. Father, we just release you here, God. We surrender. Here, as, as, as we heard that song, here we are, God, with arms wide open. God, would you just flow through this place. Would you just heal? Just release a wave of healing on your people today, God. Not because, not, not, not because we deserve it, but because you love us, God. Just let your love flow through this place right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, just let hearts be touched. Let bodies be touched, Lord God. Let our minds be touched. Prepare us, Lord God. Prepare us for this year. Prepare us for greater things, Lord God. Prepare us for your word. Prepare us to move. Prepare us, Lord God. You just receive that and be seated in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I really believe the word that we were given last last year and it's there's going to be miracles and it's just going to be a place of, of miracles because that's what should happen when God's people gather. Amen? Amen. The Word says where two or three are gathered that, that He's in the midst. And so when He's in the midst, things got to happen. Amen? It's not that we generate or try to make things or, 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 or any, any, you know, because of anybody's worthy, it's just because God loves us. Because He loves us. Amen? All right. All right, we ended off uh, the old year with a reflection from the book that I've been asking you guys to read. What book is that? Amen, the book of Judges. And so the the first reflection that we kind of ended off with last year was about Joshua's generation, right? And we talked about how Joshua's generation didn't pass it down to the next generation. And we read in in the book that after the whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, another generation grew up who neither knew the Lord nor, nor what he had done for Israel. And the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served the 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 bales and the the false gods of that time and so one of the challenges that I that I wanted for us this year was to live God really loud yeah that was that was pretty strong thank you amen that's great yep that's me living God loud One of the challenges that I want let's, to... Let's talk about what he's done. Let's testify of his goodness. Amen? If he's done something good, tell somebody. If he's done something good for you, let somebody know. Amen? See, the Bible wasn't written to give us a practical list of things to do. The Bible was written to tell us of things that God already did. And what we see... <coughs> in the Old Testament is that every time God's people cry out to God in bondage or in distress or in trouble, God draws close and he raises up a deliverer to rescue them. And during that time, and uh, in, in, in during the Old Testament times, what we see is that when they were in the promised land, these broken saviors, they were called judges, and not judges as we see the word judge. We think judge is somebody that judges between or somebody that, you know, said, you know it's like we get a bad idea, a bad picture when we, when we say judge and, and Christianity. But that's not who they were. They were broken saviors. And, and we, we call them that because they were imperfect deliverers pointing people to the perfect one. Amen? And so in the New Testament, we knew, we know the perfect one came. Come on. He was uh, Jesus, the Messiah, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, the King of Kings, Jehovah, Emmanuel, God with us, the perfect and ultimate sacrifice. And after him, no other is needed, right? No sacrifices left. God paid it all. But yet God does things in a weird way. Jesus comes as a servant and he calls us to serve. And so what I dropped at the end of the year um, um, last week was that God still hears our cries. God still hears us cry out in bondage, in trouble, in distress. And he still draws close to us. And so could it be that even today in the New Testament, even today in a New Testament church, that God still raises judges, broken saviors that point others to the perfect one? And so I just wanted to make that clear again because I think it was too heavy a thing to drop for, um, last week and not, not let it be the main thing. Or, or so, so the challenge for us as a, as a church this year is to really share the gospel. Amen? I, I know that's like revolutionary. Oh, my God. You must have had a deep revelation from God. No, that's the Bible. That's the Great Commission. Our, our challenge is to share, the, to share your stories, to, to point people, to let us be broken people that point people to the perfect one. Amen? Amen? And the beauty of this is that it doesn't matter how broken you are. Listen, somebody hear this. It doesn't matter how damaged you are. It doesn't matter where you've come from. It doesn't matter where you've been, how much you've struggled. I love one of the one of my favorite stories uh, uh, is the woman at the well. You guys remember that that miracle? Jesus met this woman at the well who had had five husbands and she was living with one that's not her husband now. Scandal. That's Springer type stat, status right there. And and she met Jesus and. <laughs> the word tells us she didn't have time to get cleaned up. She, she didn't go to even one church service. You, you hear me? She didn't even go to one church service. She didn't have time to get cleaned up. She left. She didn't know anything new about the Bible. She didn't know the morning she met Jesus. And yet, she, her story was just, she went into the village and she told people, Come meet a man who knew everything about me. So in other words, come meet a man who knows me. Could he be the Messiah? And with that story, she went and, 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 and we mentioned last week that, you know, some of these judges that God raised up, they were broken just like she was, just like that woman. But she was, they were pointing to the perfect one. And the beauty is that as broken as they were, God still uses them. God used that broken woman at the well to bring an entire village to Christ. She had no degree. She had no training. She had never been in a church service. Some of you have been in 400 services. (laughs) Ain't tell one person about this yet. Let's, Let's be we got, we got visitors today. Let's be nice. I see this, 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 um, this quote everywhere all over Facebook, and it's so beautiful. It's broken crayons, still color. Isn't that beautiful? Broken crayons, still color. Now, there are some judges in, in the book of Judges that we don't read a lot about. There's, there's nothing, not a whole lot. You're switching my mic again, aren't you? All right. Amen. Thank you. And so there's some judges that the, the, the book doesn't tell us a lot about. And then there's some judges that that, that, that the, the book tells us a little bit about. And so it, it tells us a lot about Gideon and it tells us a lot about Samson is another one of those. You You guys all know Samson, right? You've watched the cartoons, you know. And, you know, my takeaway about, my my takeaway with Samson is that he was set apart since birth. He was, he, this is like the perfect situation for a deliverer. He, an angel visited his mom and and, and his dad. An angel told them, this baby you're going to have, you're going to raise him this way. You're going to treat him this way. He's going to be a Nazarite. Don't, don't let this, don't let that, don't let that, raise him a special way. And according to what we see in the word, it seems like they did a really good job. Like they raised them right. They did everything that God told them to do. And, they, and, and you know, they, 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 they took care. They were obedient to God. They did what they had to do. The takeaway from me here is that, look, you can have everything laid out for you. You can have every ability and training to do the thing that God called you to do. You can now have all the strength and the power that you need to do it and still not do it. You could be identified, qualified, certified, recognized, and authorized, and still not walk in what God called you to walk in. Come on. And that's actually at the heart of the book. God tells his people, Israel, go in, take the land that I've prepared for you. I will be with you. And even after some very successful battles where miracles took place and it was obvious that God would keep his promise, you can see the shift right in chapter 1, Judges 1, 19. It says, now the Lord was with Judah and Judah, it it said, you know, he took possession of this land and took possession of this land and he drove out these people and the battles were amazing. But then right here in 19, it says, and he took possession of the hill country, but he could not drive out the inhabitants of the valley. Because they had iron chariots. Now, when you, when you look at an iron chariot back then, just so you know, people, most people fought, you know, hand-to-hand combat. So if you had an iron chariot, with one iron chariot, you can just go through a dozen, you know, foot soldiers. So having iron chariots is a huge advance, advantage. But when God is with you, come on. And so it says, but they could not drive out the inhabitants of the valley because they had iron chariots. But when you, when you read the rest of the book and when you see the context, it really wasn't that they could not. It was more likely that they would not. Because when you look further into the history by chapter 4, Deborah rises up and she says, God wants us to go. He, she calls Barak, not, not the president, but she, she calls Barak and says, I, 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 God wants us to go against Sisera. And Sisera had 900 chariots with iron rim wheels. And they had None. And, and back then, God made them victorious because He, He brought them through the awesome part. It was like, you know, there was, there was a time in the season, there was a dry season, and during the dry season, it would never rain. That was just, that's just the way that, that, that temp, that temperament is in that place. It would never rain. And so the rivers dry up. And so He, He, He got them to meet the enemy with the, with the wooden chariots, with the iron rim wheels, to meet in the dry land. And then He sent a rainstorm. I mean, know that God could take your enemies' strengths and make them their weaknesses. And so when he sent rain, the, the chariots got stuck in the mud. And then the, the God's people just came down and started smacking them off of chariots. Amen. And it says, beat every single one of them. So it's not that they could not do it, it was more like back over here that Judah, Judah would not do it. Amen. Let me ask you today, what has God put on your heart this year that you keep saying you can't do and God is just saying you won't do it? Yeah, that's right. Look at somebody else because you know I'm not talking to you. I came to tell somebody today, there is nothing that you can't do when God says, I go before you and I go behind you and my hand of blessing is on your head. I I want you to get that picture like solidified in you this year. Because with that, you'll never be afraid again. You'll never let fear stop you. When you know, when God says, I know you. I know when you stand up. I know when you sit down. I know what you're going to say before you say it. I know your thoughts. I go before you and I hem you in behind. And my hand of blessing is on your head. Who can come against you? What can stop you? So we could have everything we need set up for victory and still, like Judah, like Samson, not walk into it. Not carry it out. Not follow through. Or like Gideon, as we're going to see here in a minute, we can do it afraid. The passage tells us a lot about Gideon too. It's chapter 6 in Judges. The sons of Israel are again, they're doing what's evil in the eyes of the Lord. This is after Deborah, Deborah came and, and delivered them, and God gave them 40 years of, of peace. Amen. Some of us are just looking for like four minutes of peace, four days. Give me four days this week of peace, and I'm good. They had 40 years of rest. But what happens when 40, what happens when we get too comfortable? We get comfortable, right? And we don't we forget, we forget what got us there, we forget what somebody had to do for us to have peace and to have rest. And so, 40 years later, there's another generation ready to go through another cycle. This is the fourth cycle in in this in this people's timeline in the promised land. And so they do what was evil in the eyes of the Lord, and God gives them over to the Midianites for seven years. See, so, so many times, man, when we, when we want to do our own thing and we want to do things our way, God will say, fine, do it, go. And he'll give you over to it. Anybody been there? On the other side of, fine, take it. That's what you want? Fine. I told you that dude was a bum, but that's what you, you want to go? Hey, okay, go, fine. Have a good time. No, I'm not coming to the wedding. The Midianites now so God gives them over 7 years to these people. The Midianites were wicked. They they weren't like a they were a different kind of enemy. They wouldn't just come in and defeat the Israelites and make them slaves or kill them. They would do things worse. They would let the Israelites sow their seed and plant and, and prepare everything. And then when the time of harvest comes, the Midianites will come on camels and they would ride in, the word says like locusts. And they would come in like locusts and take everything, take all the seed, take all the grain, take all the fruit, take all the harvest, take their animals, take their, 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 everything, everything, take all their stuff and then just leave them there, and break out wicked right and so and and so that was happening for seven years this went on for seven years until they cried out to god i you know i i read this and i and i when you read the book of judges you say man why do people wait so long to cry out to god this is the fourth cycle so like you know what how you know how this happens right we we want to do our own thing We get burned doing our own thing, so we call out to God. God sends a deliverer, a judge. He rescues us. We have peace until we want to do our own thing, and we get stuck, and we get delivered to our own thing, and we're stuck in our own thing, and we're tormented, and then we cry out to God, and God raises a deliverer, and the deliverer rescues us, and then we have peace. How many times we got to go through that before we get it? I don't know because we're still not getting it today, right? So I guess a better question to ask is why do we wait so long before we come to God with our issues? With our problems, with our situations. Maybe they were just like us. We, we try to handle things on our own. We try to do things our own way for a while until we're just done. Anybody been there? And so then finally they cry out to God. And if there's any beauty in the book of Judges is how many times God's eager to help. If there's anything beautiful in the book of Judges is how many times God's willing to forgive. How many times God's willing to move on their behalf. That's such a beautiful picture um, for us today. Because some of us are still just getting this. Amen. We've been trying to do things on our own for a long time. Maybe we've been taught to do things for ourselves for so long, not to show any weakness. Anybody kind of grew up like that? Listen, I had a, my, I grew up in a home. My my dad, when he looked in the mirror, he must have seen like a 6'4", 350-pound man. Muscles on muscles. But my father was only like 4'11", like 120 pounds wet. He looked like a little Scarface. He talked like him. He was Cuban, refused to learn English. But... With, with my dad, everything was, we were not, I was not allowed to show any sign of weakness. Everything is play the man. He said it to me in Spanish and with a curse so I can't repeat it, but that was like I grew up with that thing. Play the man. Don't be, any sign of weakness to him was feminine. And so I always had to be on point. I always had to play the man no matter what. He would take me to his job. Weird, I mean, I was a little kid. And he would bring me to his job. And he, he, he worked at the Waldorf as a, as a, in the chef's department. He would bring me to the kitchen at the Waldorf. And he put a knife in my hand and said, say matalo, matalo, kill that guy. He's joking, but he wanted me to literally at least go at the guy. <laughs> I'm dead serious. This was every time. This never got... You know, this got old real quick, but I was—I don't know—seven, eight, nine. You know, all through all the matalo, matalo, and he was like, "Oh, that's that, mi hijo, mi hijo, mi hijo, mata siete." I was a little nothing. I didn't know how to hold the knife, you know. But he said, "Go after," and, but if I didn't, I, oh man, if I didn't, then then I had to hear. The abuse, and had to hit, my father, everything was, you know, that that was no sign of weakness. No, you couldn't be, you couldn't be scared. You couldn't, any of that was fine. My, man, my, I wanted to be, when skateboards came out, you know, like when they first came out, none of you, you know, even, I'm I'm old, you know, they had metal wheels back then. No, no, I had rubber wheels still. But anyway, my, my mother didn't want to get me a skateboard, because no, everybody's dying on skateboards. My father says, what? He went, he got me a skateboard, he took me to a hill on Central Park, and he said, tirate. Tirate. and he did, and I did, and I killed myself, I hit the sidewalk, I you know, I had a rash, oh, I left all my skin there, but, but I got up bleeding, but I made him proud, and then we had to hide that from my mother, because he's scared of my mother, my mother kicked his butt and found out that, yeah, big guy, right? everything everything was you know you had to play the man i remember even even you know how i learned how to swim my my mother said you can't go don't take him to the beach you can't take him to the beach people are dying people drown all the time you know my parents had me late so she was very overprotective didn't let me do anything my father on the other hand he took me to the beach he threw me in the ocean he said you better swim i'm not lying threw me in the ocean said you better swim so you know maybe some of you might have had to Grow up with those struggles too. And so that's probably why we can go seven years struggling and never ask for help. We can, we can battle seven years without, before we even come to God, before we cry out to God. I, I, I want to tell somebody today, you don't always have to be strong. You might have wasted too many years already trying to do it on your own. The house, the family, the kids, the spouse, the job, the finances, the school, whatever it is, can I just release you today from other people's expectations of you? Come on, that's just like a weight lifted. I just want to tell you today, he's eager to speak to you. He's eager to rescue. He's eager to deliver. He's He's eager to comfort And so here um, in, in, in time of Gideon, he sends them a prophet. And the prophet comes to the people. He, they cry out. God raises a prophet. The prophet comes to the people. And the prophet tells them, this is what the Lord says. I rescued you. I brought you out of Egypt. I delivered you from bondage. I delivered you. I gave you this land. I told you that I'm the Lord your God. Don't worship the God of the Amorites. But you have disobeyed me. That's what the prophet tells them. How I many of you go like you go to these places hearing, do you want to hear a prophetic word from people? I know a lot of Christians in the in, in, in the body today, they want to. Oh, I went to this church, they're posting. They're part of this church, but they're at this church hearing a prophetic word, they're at that church getting a prophetic word, they're at that church getting a prophetic word. Every, imagine if if the prophets of God started giving these words out. I told you, but you haven't listened. I told you what you needed to do, but you're not listening to me. I told you how you needed to walk, but you're not walking in it. We stopped, we stopped visiting prophets, right? <laughs> so then, this is how blessed those people are. God sends them a prophet, and then God sends them an angel. The angel of the Lord comes. <clears throat> and when the angel of the Lord comes, he finds Gideon threshing wheat in a hole. Usually you thresh wheat, you know that's with the that big sickle and you you cut the wheat, and usually you do it on elevated ground so that the wind can blow and separate the the the, 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 ch- the shaft the, the chafe from the heavy grain, but he's he's, he's um, threshing inside a hole in a wine press because he's so scared, and the angel finds him and he says, "The Lord is with you, man of valor. <laughs> the Lord is with you, courageous warrior." He's hiding in a hole, but God doesn't call him what he calls him. God calls him how he sees him. Come on. He calls him brave. He calls us how he sees us. Somebody say amen. amen. And Gideon says, please, sir. He stops God. He stops God. He said, please, sir. If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And why do we keep getting attacked by the Midianites? And why we can't even, why am I, you know, doing, why am I in a hole kind of cutting cutting wheat? If where all the wonder, where's all the wonder that our fathers told us about? Where's all the wonder that we've read about? And, and see, Gideon failed to realize that their condition was the result of their abandoning God. I hear people all the time so quick to blame God for the situation that sin put them in. The angel tells him, go then, in the strength that you have, and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? So, so God calls Gideon the coward, he calls him Gideon the valiant. And he says, you want to see wonder? Walk in it. Amen. Go in the strength that you have. I'm sending you. I'll be with you. And, of course, Gideon has a bunch of excuses. I'm the, my clan's the weakest. I'm the shortest. I'm the, the this. I'm the least. He says, if it's really you, give me a sign, you know. And and so he, he says, if this is really you, if you're the angel of the Lord, if you're the Lord, then then hold on. Give me a sign. Hold on. Stay right here. Wait. And he goes, he says, I'm going to prepare an offering for you. And for some reason, God waits. Isn't that amazing? Like, I, I don't know if I could, you know, like, Wait, I'll be right back. And he goes and gets an animal, gets the whole thing. And he comes and he brings this sacrifice. He brings this offering. and God's still there just waiting, chilling. You done? Right, he runs to Dunkin' Donuts, whatever, the chicken. He, he, brings, he brings a meal, right, an offering. And, and the angel tells him, set it on the rock. And he sets it on the rock. And then he touches it with his staff. And fire consumes it. So you want a sign? Fire consumes the sacrifice. And now Gideon knows, that all right, this ain't, this ain't no joke. And, and he says, I'm with you. Now go, he tells him, now go and tear down the altar to Baal and the Asherah poles that are in your father's house and build a proper altar there and offer a sacrifice. And the word says, Gideon took 10 of his servants and did as the Lord had commanded him to do. But instead of just going over there and doing it, he says, he did it at night because he was afraid. There's a good word there for us I want you to get. First, if you haven't seen the wonder of God in your life, you're probably going to have to step out into it. Uh, it you got to kind of get what that, mean. that means. That, that means, I'm, I'm not saying you got, it means you got to come to church more. Coming to church is the easy part. That's just like a responsible thing to do. That's just smart for us. I'm saying, if you want to see the wonder of God, you're going to have to step out into it. Abraham had to leave his land and his people with, with no direction. He just said, leave. Moses had to pick a fight with Pharaoh. But he had to touch the water with his staff and part the Red Sea. To, he had to walk through it. Moses had to, when the people were thirsty, he had to strike a rock and have water come from it. See, if you want to see the wonder, you're going to have to walk in it. Peter had to step out of the boat to walk on the water. Amen? So Gideon had to replace the altar of Baal and build an altar to the Lord. They were all intimidated. They were all scared, but they did it afraid. Church, hear this, family. If you want to see the wonder of God in our lives, we're going to have to leave the comfort of our strength and sometimes uh, walk or lead with our weakness. In Gideon's assignment, some things stand out. Receive this. This is a word for you. Sometimes we have to tear down our father's altars. Wow, that's that's deeper than you realize. Sometimes we have to tear down our father's altars. Some of us grew up with some things. Another thing, before God drives out the enemies... We have to destroy the strongholds. So when you're asking God, God, you, you, you know, there's stuff in my house. There's this. this I, I feel this. I don't feel peace. I feel I'm always under attack. I'm having bad dreams. I, before God drives out the enemies, you're going to have to clean up the strongholds. You're going to have to close the doors. You're going to have to clean the house. Let the wise understand what that means. You're going to have to do things before God drives out the enemy. Number three, God's altar can't be built until Baal's altar is destroyed. He didn't say, Go start fresh someplace else and build an altar to me. He said, First, destroy this altar, tear that thing down, and there build an altar. And the last thing we kind of see from there that I want you to get is the place where we have to start is always in our own home. See, God was teaching his people, when you trust in your abilities, you're limited. But when you trust in him, your limits are lifted. Yeah, that's that's better preaching than you're clapping. (laughs) When you trust in him, your limits are lifted. You understand? Like what I can do, I can do in Christ. But I can't do that. No, alone you can't. But I can. And, and the rest of the story with Gideon is amazing. He blows it at the end, but, but there's, a, there's a whole 300 is a good story for men. You know, he raises this big army. God dwindles them down to only 300 men. And he sends those 300 men and they just kick all kinds of unholy butts over there. And it's an amazing story. You go and you read it if you want to know what happens. But here we are today, the first service of the year. And and I just want you to reflect on this. What have you said in the past that you can't do? That I can't stop this, or I can't beat this, or I can't overcome that. It could be different areas of your lives. It could be sexual purity. It could be financial. It could be obedience. It could be doing what God has called you to do. When we say we can't, I want you to really think about that and understand that really what you're saying is we won't. Worship team, you guys could come up. I want to encourage somebody today. Whatever it is that God is calling you to do, do it afraid. If you're scared, do it afraid. If you don't think you can make it, do it afraid. Whatever that step of faith is, I want you to do it afraid. And to close and seal this deal today, I'm going to ask my wife to come.
1: Got it. Okay. I don't know about you, but do it afraid. I hate that phrase. I absolutely hate the phrase. I don't even like watching scary movies because I hate being afraid. So to have someone tell me, it's okay, do it afraid. We hear it a lot in church circles, right? Like, oh, God called me to do this, but I don't know. I'm so scared. What will people tell you? Well, do it afraid, right? I'm not that kind of person. I would prefer a life where I didn't have to do things that frightened me, right? Wouldn't my life be easier if I didn't have to do things that scared the living heck out of me? Wouldn't that be amazing? I'm not one of those thrill seekers. I'm not about jumping off cliffs and things like that just for the thrill of it. No, I like my safety. I like to feel safe and comfortable. Now, today, Pastor George wanted me to share a time when I did something, even when I was afraid, and saw God's hand. Well, here I am, talking to over 200 people and having them stare at me while I speak. This is the most petrifying thing in the world to me. I'd rather be in a fight with some 200 200- people. Pound guy, then stands up here and have you hear me speak? That's the God honest truth. If you know me, you know that this is not my platform or my ta- or the task that I have desired. I prefer things like children's church behind the th- scenes, right? I like to work behind the scenes, children's church, VBS, one-on-one communication with people, sharing and praying with people. But one. On one not a room filled with people <laughs> this is horrendous for me okay um I because I absolutely love being the center of attention I don't like it it's not comfortable I don't like I know there's some people that just love it you know and they'll do whatever but I that's just not how I was it could be because of my upbringing because of the where i how i grew up in domestic violence and how teachers put me down because i wasn't smart enough and things like that it's a totally different testimony it could be because of that because what little kid grows up right when you think of a little child my little emerson she will dance she will sing and if she's off key it's okay and if she misses step it's okay and she's dancing right and she has no fear no fear But then we grow up, something interrupts our upbringing, or at least my upbringing, and you develop these fears, right? I'm not smart enough. I can't do this. Who's gonna wanna listen to me talk? That's ridiculous. I don't even like the sound of my own voice. Why would anybody wanna sit here? Now, I wish the times that I have shared here while being up in worship team, those couple of times, I wish you could have front row seat to my brain. Seriously, it's like Inside Out, that cartoon. You know, parents, it's me having this incredibly heated discussion with God, telling him, why can't Ephraim do it? Let Ephraim say it. He's already up there. Why can't he do it? Isn't he the worship pastor? Why do I have to go up there and say this? But it's like, I don't know if you ever felt that feeling. It's like your heart is pounding. And for me, this whole arm goes numb. Literally. And it's like, you know when you, you tell little kids and you're helping them to walk and you go, it's like God's going, come on, move. Get moving. And he's pushing me along. Yeah. <laughs> of course, once I do it, I'm just so relieved that it's over. I really am, that I no sooner tell God, I am not doing that again. Don't make me do that again. You know I hate that. But thank God for his grace, his mercy, and his forgiveness, right? So you must be wondering, then what is she doing sharing with you all? Well, all I can say, God is patient, right? And he's been revealing truths to my heart. And I just realized that I had to walk in what God has been telling me for years to do. This is not like a new thing. This is like an ever-evolving struggle between God and I to get me to this place. So let me tell you a little story about what happened last Sunday. Last Sunday, this woman came up to me. And she was like, you know, I just love the times that you shared with us in church I was like oh that's so nice she's like I think God wants you to talk to share more with the church and I was like oh okay thank you (laughs) so those conversations what I usually do is okay thank you and I try to ignore it right but for this some reason this past Sunday I'm walking out I, I don't know if I was in the car already or we were walking with my husband and I start my mouth opens right? As I'm talking to my husband and these words come out and I'm like, what the heck are you saying? I'm telling my husband, honey, I think I want to start sharing with you on Sundays. To give my husband credit, he didn't even ask me a question. He just said, okay, next Sunday? And I was like, all right. (laughs) And I was like, but okay, guys, but literally, It was like an outer body experience. I want. I was like, like she's walking, that other person. I'm behind her, and I want to pull her by her hair and tell her, "Shut up! What are you doing?" But no. Here we are. So now, many things happened to me this week. So many things. I got an email that I was going to get $5,000 less in my pay this year because of some billing number that had expired that they didn't tell me about before. Okay, that's one. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, my knee starts popping to the point where when it pops, it stops me. I have to brace myself or hold on to something because I'm going to fall. And I'm like, oh. And then there's other issues that I'm thinking, physical issues, that I'm thinking we're going to get better, but they haven't, right?
2: Yeah.
1: These are all distractions, right? And literally, I just wanted to tell God, okay, God, I'm not going to share this Sunday because I was so distracted with all this nonsense that was happening to me finances, physical health, deaths. But I promise I'll do what you have asked me literally fight my mind from saying to him, it's okay if you don't do it. It's okay. You can do it next Sunday. Right? Now understand, there's a real enemy of our souls. And he will try to do anything possible to keep you from fulfilling God's will for your life. Right? And I stand here confessing that I have allowed the enemy to distract me with all these different concerns, right? All these things that come up. And there was always something. And I was just talking to someone this morning. It's like something happens, then another thing happens, and another thing happens, and it feels like you can't come up for air, right? So it gets you distracted. But that distraction has kept me from walking in a place of obedience to God, okay? Now, these distractions can come in many forms for us. Financial, our own insecurities, right? Right? Our physical health, feeling of worthiness. The list can be endless for you and I. But God did not call us, call me, to do it alone or to try to succeed on my own. He has told us that with him all things are possible, that he qualifies the calls, and that we have the victory in him and with him. Now, that if I allowed myself that little thought to say, okay, I won't do it this Sunday. But I will do it, God. I knew that I wasn't going to do it. I knew that I would let the opportunity go and then make up some excuses like, you know what? God understands. He understands me. He's going to be fine with it. He's going to be so fine if I don't do it. Right? But the thing is, God does know me. And he started to reveal to me that my inability to trust him in this area, in this platform, was filtering into other areas of my life where I wasn't trusting him anymore. I said I trusted him, right? But my reactions to these situations gave heed to, you have a lack of trust in God. And now because you didn't trust him in this one area to show you, to move you, to do what he called for you to do, now that was filtering into other areas of my life. And I was developing this life of fear, fear of everything. And it was keeping me from experiencing God's blessings and the joy of God. Now, I know that I'm not the only one God is calling to do things afraid, right? Right? God is calling some of you to go back to school. Some of you, God is calling you to join a ministry, start a ministry. Some of you, God is calling you to be um, vessels of reconciliation with your family, with your friends. Or he's just calling you to walk in boldness in whatever area he has called you to. Now, I don't stand here and say, well, I got it, I did it. Because I know that this year is going to be such a struggle because in my head as i'm speaking with you the other part of me is saying aren't you gonna happy when this is all do- over then you don't have to do it till next year maverick that's what's in my head but i know that i still have to walk through this this fear this thing of speaking in front of people or just doing what god called me in this public arena I still have to walk through it. I still have to get through that struggle. I still have to walk and get out of my comfort, right? I'm thinking, it's done. Once Sunday's over, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be so relieved. But I know I have to keep moving in it, right? Now, if you're sitting here, and God is pressing in your heart and, and mind, I believe that this year for TSF, As individuals and as a church family, God is calling us to boldness. This past Thursday, the worship team got together and they prayed. And one person prayed for another person, so everyone had a chance to pray. And the recurring theme was all about moving in boldness. So I believe that this is the year of boldness. If I could stand up here and speak with you guys, and if you could understand what my life was like and to be here you gotta understand this is God. This is not any gifting or talent that I feel I may have. But this is purely God's move in my life as I finally walk in obedience. Okay? And I know for myself that there's no way I would have gotten to this place if it wasn't for people who were boldly speaking to my life and people who would consistently pray in this area of my life. So if you feel today God is initiating, revalidating, or confirming in your heart areas in your life, he has called you to move in boldness, then I want you to come to the altar and let that action be your yes, God, I will do it afraid, okay? As well as a source of an accountability, right? My being up here is being accountable to all of you, right? My telling you what God told me to do, now you know. Michelle, God told you to do that. When was the last time you did it? And I gave you permission to come up to me. And tell me, Michelle, we haven't heard from you. Why aren't you moving and what God wants you to do? I want you to come up because we're a family. I want you to come up. Make that boldness. Do it. Do it. Do it afraid. Do it afraid. Come. I know there's many of you. I know that I know that I know that I know. Because I'm not anything special. I am nothing special. God is calling you. Pastor E, can I have the worship team go pray? Yes. Worship team, can you go down and pray for our people? And anyone else on the prayer team, if you don't mind, please come and pray. I want you, when someone comes to you to pray for you today, What I want you to do is I want you to say, I want to do it afraid. And then let that person minister to you, okay? And stand in agreement for what God has called in your life. someone here that you feel led to pray for, please come up and pray for them. And guys, as you sit there, ask God, are there things that He called you to do? It doesn't matter if this is your first time, your 15th time, you've been here 100 years, it doesn't matter. But take this time to really ask God, what is it you have for me? It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, God's purposes are for everyone.